Welcome to the You on the Camino de Santiago podcast, season two, helping pilgrims get ready for their first pilgrimage walk on the Camino. With your host, Camino guide and longtime pilgrim, Nancy Reynolds of the Camino Experience. As this episode is going live on the final Tuesday in March 2023, many pilgrims are in countdown mode for their spring departure dates. So for you, I want to say Buen Camino and wish you a beautiful journey. And specifically for you, at the end of this episode, I am doing a reprise of three of my favorite top tips from season one. As a reminder, for the start of your pilgrimages. But the rest of the episode is about something different, something that I think will be super useful for whenever you're headed to the Camino. This is Nancy, and in this episode, we are going to be practicing how to pronounce words in Spanish. In a moment, you're going to meet my guest, Maria Seco of Spanish on the Camino, and she is going to be our tutor. Before I get there, though, I wanted to mention something for those of you who are just getting started on your Camino dreams and plans. Maybe you're looking ahead to walk your Camino pilgrimage in fall 2023, or even farther out in 2024 or 25. I have a free gift for you. It's something I just finished putting together It's called the Camino Planning Roadmap, and it lays out for you some of what we covered in season one. But more than that, it will show you in writing a comprehensive overview of the many steps you will take as you plan and prepare for your first walk on the Camino. To get the roadmap, simply follow the link in the show notes. That also puts you on my email list, so you'll be receiving more tips and information for planning your Camino. By the way, if you're already on my email list, you don't need to sign up again, because I am planning to have that roadmap to your inbox soon. Now, let's get on with some practical and easy-to-follow Spanish lessons. Hola y buenos días. Yo soy Nancy con el podcast Tú en el Camino de Santiago. Hello and welcome. My name is Nancy and this is the You on the Camino podcast. And I started in Spanish today because the theme of this episode is speaking in Spanish. Now, if you're like me, you look at learning a language and you decide just to go get a coffee instead. But we are going to break this down because what I know and what I've experienced on the Camino is sometimes the biggest challenge is just speaking your first few words and getting a little bit of confidence under your belt. And so in this episode, we are going to focus on how to pronounce the place names on the Camino Frances. And so what we'll be doing is we'll be learning the tricks like those letter combinations that are different than what we have in English. For example, they have the pronunciation of the two R's together or the two L's together. And then they use accent marks, which we don't use in English very much. So we're going to look at those and then we're going to look at some of the truly tricky names that honestly, after 15 years on the Camino, I am not certain I'm saying them correctly. But here's what I've done for you all. I have brought in an expert. So I would like to introduce to you Maria Seco from Spanish on the Camino. Hi, Maria. Hi. Hola, Nancy. Hola. I'm so happy you joined me. Now, some people may know that I was a guest on Maria's podcast a week or so ago, and that was all in Spanish. And let me tell you, that was both fun and intimidating. So even for someone like myself who studied Spanish in school for four or five years, and has spent 15 years or more in Spain practicing, to actually carry on a conversation in Spanish is not the easiest thing. So I really get it. Going from zero to fluent isn't an easy task. But here's why I am so excited I've got Maria here. 
Maria has a business called Spanish for the Camino, and she focuses on getting pilgrims to the level of speaking Spanish so they can engage more, show their respect for their host country, and get more out of the experience. So Maria, will you please share with us a little bit about your Spanish for the Camino and what you're doing? Yes, well, um, I'm a, a Spanish teacher. I've been teaching Spanish for, I don't know, probably close to 20 years now. And I was living in Ireland for many years. And I started noticing, especially the last couple of years I was there, that many people that joined the courses, these were general Spanish courses, their motivation was the Camino. They were either planning their first Camino and they wanted to learn a few basics, or they had already walked with no Spanish at all, and they were frustrated at some point in their pilgrimage because they needed the language for whatever it was. They had some issue and they needed to speak to someone and, and, and they were not able because they didn't have any Spanish. So they wanted to learn something before they went for a second Camino. So when I came back to Spain, well, I was doing a few other things for a while, but then I said, okay, yeah, I, what I really want to do is continue teaching Spanish. And that's how the idea came. I said, okay, maybe I could help all these people who want to do the Camino, want to learn some basics. Because also I live in a city where the Camino goes through here. I'm on the Portuguese. So I started seeing, when I moved back, I started seeing pilgrims every morning, which is something I never saw growing up. Mm. Pilgrims were a very rare thing. But now you see them every day. So I moved back and I started seeing these pilgrims. Sometimes they're quite, they were quite lost. <laughs> and again, not a word of Spanish. So all of this, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, I have an idea. Maybe I can help these people. So I started with the blog. Uh, the blog is in English, but in every post I include between, usually between 10 and 5 Spanish words or phrases. And I also add the audio so that you know how to pronounce them because <laughs> something that really annoys me is when you buy for instance a travel guide and it has this list of useful phrases uh-huh and i never find them useful because i never know how to pronounce them <laughs> exactly exactly maria that is exactly my take on it as well and what i love about your blog is those little audio clips at the end where you say here's how you say it and you i think you say them a few times or they're really easy to Play multiple times? Yeah, no, you can play. I say them once, but okay. you know, because it's very short, you can, yeah. you can easily play them many times. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. And I think you also have the words written so people mm -hmm. can engage all both, two different learning styles because some people learn by seeing, they're visual learners. Some people are auditory learners. So, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm in Spain and people go, oh, let me teach you, let me teach you this phrase, or I ask, how do you say this? the chances of me retaining it, just hearing it are just about nil. But if I can see it written and I can hear it at the same time, true story, I have never been able to remember the Spanish word for mirror, you know, something you put in front of you to see your face. And when I got home from Spain this last time, there was a, a box in the garage that was for packing mirrors and it had it in Spanish. I think it was El Espejo. See. Sí. Now I know it. Why? Because I saw it and I heard it. So mm. I, I love it. Okay. So you've got the blog. Tell us more. Yeah. So I started with the blog. I am teaching one-to-one -one lessons to online because, yeah, obviously people are in different places. And recently, like last month, I started a podcast too. Now the podcast is for the 
the ones who are a bit more advanced. So the podcast is in Spanish, as you know, because yeah. you were talking to me last week in Spanish. Yes. So that one is in Spanish. And I've also written a short novel for in Spanish, easy Spanish, for it's about the Camino. So, I mean, it's for pilgrims or for anyone really who wants to learn Spanish. It's not only for pilgrims, but it is a story about the Camino. A uh, story of a woman who hears about the Camino and decides, like so many people, oh, I must do this and starts doing her research, choosing where is she going to walk, when, training, and then she actually goes to Spain. So you have the whole process from deciding to do it until she gets to Santiago. Um, yeah, all in Spanish. So you are going to find all the vocabulary and you know all the things that you will need because, of course, she has to find accommodation. She has to order food. Maybe sometimes she gets lost and needs to ask for directions. <laughs> you know, things like that. Oh, so in effect, everything the first time pilgrims going to come across when they're yes, walking the Camino. Exactly. How do people get that book? You can get the ebook, a digital version. It's available on my website, or if you prefer um, paperback, it's available on Amazon. Excellent. So SpanishForTheCamino.com. And yeah. Yeah. And I'll have mm -hmm. the link in the notes so people can get to that. Now, while I'm mentioning the notes, I want to say we are going to be going through a number of the place names on the Camino Frances in a few minutes. And I've got a page on my website with all of those listed for everything we're going to be talking about so you can listen as well as look. So we're going to get to that in a moment, but I want to encourage you to go to the show notes, find that link and get that up on your phone or your computer so you can follow along. And we'll get to that in a minute because I have a couple more questions for Maria. Now you have walked a Camino route. So your love of the Camino is not just because it goes through your city, but you have walked. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've walked. My first Camino was actually the English, although I live on the Portuguese, but for some reason I, 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 yeah, I felt called to walk the English first. Yeah. Forget. So forget that thing where you walk out your front door and walk to Santiago, you instead got a train or bus to Ferrol. With the rules these days, if I walk from my front door, I won't qualify to get a Compostela because it's less than 100 kilometers from Santiago. <laughs> okay. Okay. So there it is. There's the reason. So you went to Ferrol and walked the Inglés. Um, well, I also, after that, I've walked the Portuguese too <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> yes. Very good. Okay. Excellent. Okay. So there's one other thing then when we're talking about walking that I just learned about when I was getting ready for this call. And that is that you are leading a group in May. Will you tell us about that? Because I bet people will be interested in that maybe for next year since this group is full. Yes, it's um, an immersion experience. So basically we're going to spend, it's a small group of five people and myself. We're going to spend six days walking the Camino and only Spanish is allowed. So speak in Spanish all wow. the time. Wow. Okay. So they'll have you as a teacher and a coach mm -hmm. and they'll get the full Camino experience mm -hmm. and they'll be doing it with someone who loves the Camino. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, it can't be much better than that. Excellent. Okay. Now let's get going with the subject of this podcast episode, which is how to pronounce the place names on the Camino Frances. Now, Maria did tell me that she has not walked that route, but what we know is that there are rules for Spanish pronunciation. And so Maria can tell us how to pronounce anything on any of the Camino routes. And I'm hoping that this will entice her to come join me on the Camino Frances one of these days. So if you haven't already done so, if you would go to the notes for this episode and click on the link to the page on my website that has the place names you'll see it. It's really easy to find. And the website is thecaminoexperience.com. And then it's got a bunch of stuff after it. So I really want you to click the link because it, it's how to pronounce place names Camino Frances. Much easier to click the link. So Maria and I are actually on that page because we are going to walk through 
these place names. And we are going to demonstrate for you how to say them. Now, here's what's really fun, I think, is that you've got a native speaker who knows the language fluently, and you've got an American who studied Spanish in California, so learned more of a Mexican influence, and then went to Spain and figured it out from there. And so what we'll do is I will say the place name first and introduce you to the rule we're talking about, and then Maria will give us the Spanish Spanish pronunciation. Okay? You ready, Maria? Yes. Okay. So you can see on the webpage, if you're there, we're going to go through a few pronunciation lessons. We'll do the double L, we'll do accent marks, the NA, which is the letter N with that squiggle above it, the letters J and G, which are pronounced completely differently than in English. We'll do words ending in OL and AL, and you'll see why I picked those in a minute. And the double R, as I mentioned, and then the silent A. H is silent. So we're going to do that one and we'll find out if it's always silent or if sometimes you get to pronounce it. So let's get going with place names with the double L. Now, here's my simple rule for knowing how to pronounce those because those of us, especially who live in the United States and especially Texas, Arizona, and California, eat tortillas. And now, tortilla in Spain is different than tortilla in Mexico. Tortilla in Mexico is those round things that you put stuff on or in and wrap up. But I picked that word because tortilla has the double L. And I bet there are not many English speakers who don't know how to pronounce tortilla. And in Spain, you'll need to know how to pronounce that because tortilla is something very different than what it is in Mexico and the U.S. It is that wonderful egg and potato pie. So for starters, let's hear how Maria says tortilla and that it's a little bit different than how I say it. Tortilla. Aha, tortilla. So she's got a little bit of a different sound to it. I'm tortilla and Maria is? Tortilla. A little bit different. So here's our place names and we're going to work through these. I'll say them and then Maria will repeat it after me. Acalle. Acalle. Boadilla del Camino. Boadilla del Camino. I just love the way she says it. I don't know if my American mouth will ever be able to do it just like that, but we'll, we'll, I'll keep trying. The next one is Calzadilla de la Cueza. Calzadilla de la Cueza. Okay. We really should be showing you the video because you can see that the mouth moves differently when Maria says it than when I say it. So the point here though, is that you will be understood, right? If you say it close to the way I say it, Hazadilla mm-hmm. de la Cueza. Yes. And, and there's something I maybe we should mention with like calzadilla and cueza that have the said and the th sound. Yeah. And you mentioned your Mexican Spanish that you learned and all that. And in Latin America, they pronounce that letter as an S, not yes. as yes. Th. But if you pronounce it as an S, it's not a big deal. In fact, in some parts of Spain, they do pronounce it as an S too. Not on the area where the Camino Frances goes through, but in um, the south, in Andalusia, in the Canary Islands, they tend to pronounce that S as S. So if you say Calzadilla de la Cuesa, it's fine. Everybody's going to understand you. And it's not a big deal. It's not really a mistake. It's not a, a, yeah, it's not something you're doing wrong. That's excellent. Do you know, I just learned that trick on the letter Z and, and in the UK, you would call it Z. I just learned that last year. I had no idea. And so I'm like with great enthusiasm, Calzadilla de la Cuesa. <laughs> And then I discovered, okay, well, you know, I'll try. <laughs> All right. Next one on our list is compostilla. Compostilla. Estella. Estella. Oh, this one is interesting because I always wonder where to put the accent. I will say fioval. Fioval. Yeah. 
And the V sometimes sounds a little bit like a B. Does it sound always, that way to you? Not, always? not sometimes, always. <laughs> in Spanish, there is no difference in pronunciation between B and V. They're Good both pronounced as Bs. Okay. Fioval. Fioval. Okay. Hornillos del Camino. Hornillos del Camino. And we're going to talk about that letter H in a minute. Next, we've got Laguna de Castilla. Laguna de Castilla. Lavacoya. Lavacoya. You know, I always hear that pronounced Lavacola, but it's Lavacoya. <laughs> okay, then we've got Mancilla de las Mulas. Mancilla de las Mulas. Now, here's another interesting thing I love about Spanish, and that is that it seems to me that the vowels are almost universally pronounced the same. So, mancia, the A is always an A sound. Ah, yeah. Mulas, the U is always an U sound. Yes. In English, good luck. No, I think there are about maybe 12 vowel sounds in English and only five in Spanish. <laughs> See, it's easier. There we go. There's our argument that it's easier. Okay, so here's the next one. And this is the other thing that's interesting about Spanish is if you listen carefully, it seems as though they pronounce every vowel. So, puente. We do. <laughs> yeah, you do, right? Puente yes. Villarente. Puente Villarente. Again, that V, Villarente. Yes. <laughs> I love learning. Okay. And the next one is Redecilla del Camino. Redecilla del Camino. Now, you can hear the R being rolled. And I sometimes can do it. Sometimes I can't. Maria is a little easier to roll than Rerecia for me. Hmm. Okay. Roncesvalles. Roncesvalles. I love that one. Terra, terradios de los Templarios. Terradillos de los Templarios. Yeah, you can hear how naturally Maria rolls those R's. Villadangos del Páramo. Villadangos del Páramo. Villafranca del Bierzo. Villafranca del Bierzo. Ajá. Villa oh, this one's got an accent too. Villa Hazar de Sirga. Villa Alcázar de Sirga. Villa Mayor del Río. Villa Mayor del Río. Villa Ambistia. Where's the accent on that one? Villambistia. There we go. If there's no if there's no accent mark, then the emphasis must go on bis. Villambistia. Okay. Villambistia. Oh, that's hard to say. Okay. Villar de Mazarife. Villar de Mazarife. Excellent. That Mazarife. Villares de Orbigo. Villares de Orbigo. Villarmentero de Campos. Villarmentero de Campos. Villatuerta. Villatuerta. Villava. Villava. Villavante. Villavante. Okay, we survived the double L's, everyone. <laughs> Let's go on to these accent marks. Now, I picked out the accent marks because Without the accent marks in English, we would we would totally go somewhere else on some of these. So some of them are pretty obvious, but some of them are a little bit trickier to say. So with the accent marks, here's a few. Here, here's what we've got. We've got arua, arua. Okay, this one is harder for me because of that letter G. I'm not quite always spot on with the G. So I'm going to let you say this one first. Ajes, ajes, ajes. The G is sort of in the back of the throat? Yes, the G, when it's followed by either E or I, it's H. So yes, it's H. pronounced in the back of your throat. Now, if that is hard, and I know it's hard because it's a sound you don't have in English, think of it as an English H. It's a okay. bit softer, but it will do the trick. Great. That's a great tip. So Ajes. Okay, then we've got Ardua. Ardua, see? Azqueta. Azqueta. Mm -hmm. Carrión de los Condes. Carrión de los Condes. Foncebadón. Foncebadón. I did that one wrong for years too. Fonfría. Fonfría. 
And this is one that I hear the accent disappears often and people say fromista, but it's fromista. Sí, fromista. Fromista. If you see an accent mark, the emphasis must go there. That's all the accent marks do in Spanish. They don't change the way you pronounce the vowel or anything. It is telling you where you need to put the emphasis. So if it's on that O, the emphasis goes on the O. So fromista. Fromista. No negotiating. Fromista. Okay. Grañón. Grañón. And we're going to do some more of those Ñs in a minute. Okay. Hospital de Orbigo. Hospital de Orbigo. Las Herrerías. Las Herrerías. León. León. So soft the way you say it. Lucio. Lucio. This one is another one that tricks me up. Muru, Muruzabal. 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 Okay. And we're going to get to the AL in a minute because usually in an AL word, the emphasis is on the final mm-hmm. syllable. Uh-huh. Okay. But we have an accent mark here. So it's I telling know. us, no, this doesn't follow the usual rule. This, is, this one's different. Sometimes this is my trick for people on the Camino for us native English speakers. Sometimes I'll just call these things the M town or the Z town because some of them are just so hard for me to say. Okay, Muruzabal. The next one is often pronounced in English, Najera, which is not correct. It's Najera. All right, let's hear it. Najera. Najera. Mm-hmm. Poblacion de Campos. Poblacion de Campos. Porto Marín. Porto Marín. Rabe de las Calzadas. Rabe de las Calzadas. Riego de Ambros. Riego de Ambros. Ruitalan. 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 Okay, here's another one that goes astray because it's got an H, which we'll see is silent, and it's got an accent mark. So I say this one, Sagun. Mm-hmm. Sagun. Sagun. Forget the H. So it's not Sahagun. No. no. Sagun. Love that one. San Martín del Camino. San Martín del Camino. San Nicolás del Real Camino. San Nicolás del Real Camino. Ventas de Narón. Ventas de Narón. Ah, the, the V again, I forgot. Okay. Bilacha. 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 Okay. Vial, Vial Cazar. De Sirga. Villalcázar de Sirga. Okay. And Villa Mayor de Monjardín. Villa Mayor de Monjardín. I can see that I'm really going to have to practice with the V because I've been saying it as a V my entire life. So 40 years of V is going to have to, I might take a minute for that change. Okay. Now here's my favorite category place names with the N Y as in. Piña Calada, Piñada, and El Nino. So you all already know how to do this one because of mm-hmm. those obvious ones. So this list will go through fairly quickly. We've got Castañeras. Castañares. Ah, see, she caught, I, I missed the A. Okay. You, you, I think you switched the last two, the A and the E. I did. Swap them yeah. around. Yeah. Okay. Castañares. Yes, that's right. Castañeda. Castañeda. Cirueña. 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 Mm-hmm. See, when we get so many vowels, sometimes it's hard to figure out where to put the accent. Cirueña. So it's the second to last syllable. Normally it is, yes. Okay. Grañón, we already did. Mm-hmm. Grañón. Lara Soaña. Lara Soaña. Liñares. Liñares. Logroño. Logroño. By the way, best place for tapas on the Frances. Maniero. Maniero. That's a great example of all the vowels being pronounced, every letter pronounced and pronounced the same way every time. Maniero. Okay. Ponte Campaña. 
Ponte Campaña. Okay. Let's go on to the J. So I love the J. And I always try to remind people that if you know how to say jalapeno, which is one of our words that we use in the U.S. Do you want a pepper? You want some jalapenos in your Mexican food? We know that one. So this gets a little trickier for me, though. So uh, as an American, I get a little tongue-tied. So this is where I really need Maria's help. On the list with the J's, Arca Oeja. That's not an easy one. Because <laughs> <laughs> it has the H, uh-huh. too, that would make you think it's ha, yeah. but it's not. Yeah, Arca Oeja. Arca Oeja. Wow. Mm-hmm. The next one is not a place name, but it's a word that we use all the time. It's the name of a luggage transport company on the Camino Frances. And it starts with the letter J. And I've heard it pronounced Jocko Trans, Hako Trans, and Yako Trans. So, Maria, what's the right way for that? I would say Hako Trans. Hako Trans. Hako Trans. Jalapeno Hako Trans. Okay, let's do that. I'll have to ask him next time. <laughs> Okay, manjarin. 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 Najera. Najera. We'll keep practicing that one. Pereje. 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 Now, notice that when Maria says the J, you can hear it in the back of the throat a little bit more. I'm still so much like an H. Pereje. Yeah, but that, I mean that's that's fine. It's it's good enough, you know. Yeah, it's good enough. I stress about it, yeah. And that's what we want to get to is yeah. good enough. So to say Najera is better than Najera, right? Yes, I mean, if you say Najera, people won't have a clue what you're talking about. No idea. <laughs> if you say Najera with a softer, yeah, yes, Najera. people would know what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah. See, we don't have to be experts. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be fluent. But when we try and we show that effort, it really makes a difference. Okay, let's move on. We've got a lot more to go through. San Justo de la Vega. San Justo de la Vega. Tardajos. Tardajos. Trabajo del Camino. Trabajo del Camino. There it is. Trabajo. Trabajo is work. I know oh. it's, yeah, it can be a lot of work to walk the Camino, yes. Trabajo del Camino. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Okay, next category are place names that end in A-L or O-L. And I picked these because in most of these words, unless it's noted, the accent falls on the final syllable, which is not intuitive for English speakers. So let's look at this list. Amenal. Amenal. Espinal. Espinal. Fioval. 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 Hospital da Condesa. Hospital da Condesa. Rabanal del Camino. Rabanal del Camino. And San Sol. San Sol. Those are some of the easier ones. Now we're going to get into the master level of rolling the R's. And I almost don't even want to try these, but I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a shot. So place names with the double R. Aquereta. Aquereta. Oh, it sounds better when you say it. And the next one is a destination on the Camino Frances where you get to lay down your burdens, whether you do that symbolically with a rock or a trinket or a memento. It's the cross of iron. And in Spanish, it's cruz de ferro. Cruz de ferro. And then again, I've got Lara Soaña for you. Lara Soaña. And Biscaret. Biscaret. Okay. All right. So you're learning the rules of how to pronounce some of these things. And we're going to go, we've just got two more categories here. And then what you'll see on this webpage is all of the place names on the Camino Frances by province. And so now that you've got these rules, You can go through that list and they're in the order from when you start in Spain at Ronces Valles all the way to Santiago de Compostela and you can practice with these rules. So by the time you get to the the Camino Frances, you'll be an expert. And if you're going on a different route within Spain, you already have the rules. So when you see those signs and those, you know, you see the words up there, desayuno or cena, you're going to have those rules in your mind already. 
So let's wrap it up with these last two categories. I've got the silent H, and then we'll get to some of the truly tricky place names that I, you'll see. Okay, the silent H. Arcahueja. 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 See, we did this one earlier with the J. So now we've got two difficulties in this one. Arcahueja. Okay, ontanas. Ontanas. All right, then we've got hornillos del camino. Hornillos del camino. Hospital da Cruz. Hospital da Cruz. Hospital de Orbigo. Hospital de Orbigo. Las herrerías. Las herrerías. And now I'm going to pause so all of you out there can say the next one. Let's hear it. Okay, that was Sagun. No, it was Sagun. 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 Okay, hardest word on the Camino. Okay, now we're going to do the truly tricky place names, and I will freely mess these up. So just so you have an example of how to really take your time to say these words when they've got an accent and an enye or 15 vowels in a row, or maybe it's even a Basque-inspired word that we, we didn't even talk about the Basque words, but let's see what we do with these truly tricky place names. So we've got Carde Nuela. Rio Rio Pico. Cardeñuela Rio Pico. So you've got to roll the R's, you've got to do the N Y, and you've got to do all those vowels. Okay, the next one, I think I just learned how to say this one correctly last year. So I think the way the next one is pronounced is Sirauki. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is the accent actually on the U? On the au. Au. Sirauki. Okay. Mm -hmm. I heard a bus driver say it. That's how I finally learned it. Okay. Now, this next one has the letter X, which, how do we pronounce the letter X? have to say, before I say anything else, this name is not in Spanish. It's in Galician. So Ah. in Galician, the X in most cases, probably 90, 95% is pronounced sh, like sh. in English sh. Okay, so this would be San Julian do Camino? Si, San Julian do Camino. Uh-huh. But that's not the case in Spanish. Spanish oh. doesn't really have this use of the X. So this San Julian in Spanish would be San Julian. So most X in Galician are J's in Spanish. Okay. Okay. Remember that, everybody. <laughs> okay. Now the the letter X does show up more in Galicia. So Galicia is the area that includes the provinces of Lugo and Acarunya. Yeah. So when you mm-hmm. get towards the end, you'll see in the list of place names below by province, you'll see when we're referring to the Galician region. And the one that I learned, and it took me a while to learn, was to order ice cream in Santiago at a place called Bico de Chiedo. Chiado. Chiado. See? Bico Chiado. de Chiado. Bico is kiss mm-hmm. in Galician. Yeah. Bico de. And Chiado is. Chiado is ice cream. Ice yeah. cream, like gelato. Chiado. So yes. that starts with the letter X. So I know you all are going to need that particular tip. So, okay, let's go to the next one. This is another one that's got all kinds of extra syllable, long syllables, <laughs> and accents and enyes. So, Santi Bañez de Valde Iglesias. Santi Bañez de Valde Iglesias. Maria, I'd be lost without you. Okay. <laughs> the next one starts with the Z. So that's that. I think that these next two might have a Basque influence. Do you know if that's true, yes, Maria? Definitely. Definitely. All right. So I'm going to let you say these first. And I have to say all these kind of Basque uh, names, <laughs> they're kind of tricky for yeah. us too, who are not Basque because they have a lot of, yeah, like uh, the Z and the, the Q and G's and all sorts of things going on there. 
So the first one is Tharikiegi. Tharikiegi. Yes, Tharikiegi. Mm-hmm. Notice that they're pronouncing all those vowels. That's that's what's tricky. And then when we look at that word, there's no accent mark. So we have to assume that the accent is, the emphasis is on the E. It's on the, yeah, before the, the syllable before the last. Before so the, the last. The, yeah, the I-E, the E, yes. Sarikiegi. Yes. Sarikiegi. Right on. If you can pronounce that, listeners, you, you, get, a, you get a parade in your honor, in my opinion. That's yes. a hard one. <laughs> Okay, so the next one is also a vowel intensive word, and it's a Basque word starting with a Z or a Z. Let's try that one. How would you say that one, Maria? Thuriain. Wow. Thuriain. Wow. This is why I say we're going to the Z town. <laughs> yeah. And, and at the beginning of the Camino Frances, there are a few Z towns. Yes, because the first region you go through is Navarra, which also is a kind of Basque-speaking region. Yeah, so you get the names. And in some places, they'll list both the Spanish name and the Basque name. And when you hear spoken Basque, you know, for me, Spanish spoken Spanish is at least familiar because I've studied it and I've used it. Basque is not even close to familiar when it's no. spoken. No. So always interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we have made our way through our, all of those fun little rules and all the different things and those truly tricky place names. And I want to remind you the rest of the page has all of those places on the Camino Frances. So you can take these rules and take Maria's instruction on how to pronounce them and do some practice for yourself and get yourself ready to find your way along the Camino. So this will be really helpful when you you have to tell someone where you're going the next day. So Maria, as our wrap up, are there any tips or any last minute things you'd say to our listeners? Well, since we're talking about pronunciation, I'd say the main thing, if you want to be understood, is pronounce your vowels as clearly as you can. And you already mentioned earlier that they're always pronounced in the same way so there are no surprises. So the A is always A. So it doesn't matter if you have four A's in a word or, or five or six. It's irrelevant. <laughs> They're all going to be pronounced A. Always. Thank goodness. E is always E. And a. I think we've gone through some name places with like two, three E's or two, three A's. So people can go back and, and listen to those. The I is pronounced E. Always. No exceptions. The O is pronounced O. And the U is pronounced U. So if you get those five and pronounce them as clearly as you can, most of your work is done. Great. That's really important. That's great. Okay, so we're going to have a whole bunch of people speaking Spanish before too long. Great. (laughs) And the other thing is now that you've got these rules, when you start to learn things, like you said, that guidebook that's got all those phrases and words, when you've got a little bit of of the rules, get the rules under your belt, then you can pronounce those well. And then when you go to order, for example, your red wine at the bar, you won't say vino tinto. You would say vino tinto because you know how the vowels are pronounced. Yeah. So great. Maria, thank you so much for joining me. I hope this has been helpful for everybody. And I really hope that you'll go check out Maria's website and her podcast and start to improve or expand those Spanish skills. Because I'll tell you, it makes a difference to the quality of the experience. I hear so often people talking about what they love about the Camino is connecting to the pilgrim community. But I will tell you from experience, connecting with the local people adds this elevated sense of connection. And it really allow, has allowed me to take Spain with me wherever I go because I've had those connections, even if it's as simple as being able to say, your coffee is delicious or I love your coffee. Yeah. So Maria, thank you. Any final words for our listeners? 
Well, thank you for for having me here. This has been uh, fun, and some <laughs> of them, I have, as I said, were tricky for me too. All the especially the Basque ones. Yeah, yeah. People just try. You know, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Nobody expects you to speak perfect Spanish. There's no need for it. It doesn't matter if you, nobody's going to judge you, is going to think worse of you because your pronunciation is not perfect or you got a word wrong. They're actually going to appreciate that you're making the effort. Yeah. Just give it a try. Yes. Yes. I worked in hospitality for many years and I can't even imagine somebody walking into where I was working and speaking in French or Spanish and expecting me to understand them. You know, so I think when I travel, the least I can do is be able to correctly say, hello, good morning, hola, buenos dias, you know, at least to show that respect and that give that moment of connection. So that's how we start things in Spain. Hola, buenos dias. Yeah, we should say that that's more important than all the please and thank you that English speaking people like to say. You can drop those, but remember to greet people first. Yeah. Maria, muchas gracias for joining me and for sharing your expertise and your love of the Camino. Thank you. Gracias, gracias a ti por invitarme. I hope you enjoyed our time with Maria. I know I appreciate getting to practice my Spanish pronunciation with an expert and native speaker. And by the way, finally learning the correct way to pronounce the letter V. Now, let me get to the reprise of some of my favorite top tips from season one, as promised. Here they are. Number one, don't rush the start. This is my favorite piece of getting started Camino philosophy. You will only ever have one first Camino. One. This is the one and only time where everything about the Camino Everything you see and hear and experience on the way will be completely new. I share this tip with the pilgrims and the groups I lead when talking about how to enjoy their starting point, their time in Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port, France. The emotions are at full volume. Everything is simultaneously exciting and daunting, and it is the first time for exactly everything. But it's more than that. It's more than taking your time in Saint-Jean. It's not rushing the start of your planning process, of your research to learn what the Camino is and what it could be for you. For some of you listening in, your starting point is here now as you ask your first questions, as you imagine yourself taking your first steps on the trail. And as you move through all the paces from that first question to that first step, it's a bit like a first kiss. You only ever get one first kiss. Take your time, savor it, explore and discover, indulge your curiosity. You will never again get a first Camino kiss. Tip number two, get to know your expectations. We all have them. It would be impossible not to with all the videos and books and movies and online accounts of other people's Camino experiences. If you get to know your expectations, you can begin to see which ones are realistic and which ones aren't, which ones are inherited or picked up from others, and which ones are all yours. You can ask yourself if you truly want what you're expecting or if you'd like to expect and receive something else. You can also let go of any tight grip you have on ideas of what the Camino is or is supposed to be and instead shift to an attitude of expectancy. I like to set intentions when I walk the Camino as a way to set the tone and to divert my attention from any preconceived ideas about what the journey will be. So that brings us back to this. 
What Camino experience are you longing for? And what are you ready to receive? Tip number three, always look behind you. We've probably all heard the phrase, don't look back, which is good advice when you need to leave something unpleasant or undesirable behind you. But for the Camino, I'm going to suggest you do the exact opposite. Always look behind you. Let me give you some context. When hiking over the Pyrenees Mountains, two things always happen for me. One, I'm always mesmerized by the incredible, beautiful vistas as I ascend the mountain. And two, I am frequently out of breath from walking up the steep parts of the mountain road and trail. Looking behind me gives me the perfect reminder to enjoy the views, and it allows me to catch my breath at the same time. There is a more practical reason, too. On my first Camino walk in 2005, for some reason, I took only one trekking pole with me. I quickly realized that I needed a second one, if only for balance, but really because that's how you get the most benefit from trekking poles. So when I was in the city of Leon, I visited a sporting goods store to buy another pole. Then I went and sat on a bench in a plaza for a while. When I got up and walked away, I left the trekking pole behind me. When I realized my mistake about 15 minutes later and returned to the plaza, the pole was gone. That's when my Camino break mantra became, always look behind you, Nancy. Not only do I lose fewer items, but I'm also more aware of my surroundings and more conscious of being present in the moment I am in, rather than in some future still-to-come moment. So enjoy the views and catch your breath by looking behind you. What do these three tips have in common? Well, they're not about how to pack for the Camino or how to get to your starting point, or the other 57 things that you have to think about to get ready. You know, those questions that every first-time pilgrim has. Instead, they're intended to focus you on the interior journey and to remind you that you have a say in how this goes and the extent to which this will be a life-changing experience for you. Well, that's my favorite Camino topic. I could talk about that one all day long. So again, for those heading to the Camino soon, I wish you a beautiful journey. Buen Camino, and bye for now.